Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Hey there, Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at SmartWool. For more than 25 years, SmartWool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable. Because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They're here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. What's up? It's Mike. Enjoying the podcast? Want more? Head on over to patreon.com slash comesatimepod for a bonus episode each week. That's patreon.com slash comesatimepod. Welcome back to Comes a Time. I'm Mike. I'm O'Teal. Duncan fucking Trussell. That's all I got to say. And I'm sorry, Mrs. B, I swore. Um, We had the man on. We've been waiting for this one, and uh, I'm telling you, I think it's the it's the beginning of a of a multiple visit. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'm thrilled he even uh, knew about our podcast and seemed to really dig it already. But yeah. I just, you know, I want to talk about the spiritual stuff, man. That's what that's, that's made us hit it off as friends. And it's so great when you have a guest on like that, where you can just get Dive right in. Yeah, you can get straight to it. And that did well, not disappoint. Otil, you know, this must be like this for you. And it's like this with comics where it's like if I run into a comic I never met, I have more in common with him than most people I've known forever. If you run into a musician, a bass player, you're able to sit and talk bass right away. It's cool that I'm starting to feel that way with spiritual people as well you know what i mean where it's mm-hmm. like i've always wanted to and i always felt like interested but now i feel like with this platform and with the conversations that we're having like it's just oh you're into like you know it's uh, like it's coming into focus like exactly, high def, exactly. you know yeah i mean this is the guy that is responsible for Ram Das having a podcast before he died. Duncan's I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and the, the whole synchronicity around the way that happens is just really awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. Dude. You guys yeah. are going to love it. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for for joining with us on this journey. Uh, if you're if you're loving the podcast, you can follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash comes a time pod to get a, a new extra episode every week and we're here on the osiris network home to a ton of amazing podcasts so make sure you go to osirispod.com and check out our brother and sister podcasts enjoy duncan 
Stay safe. We'll see you soon. And Duncan, it's a pleasure to see you. Thank you for joining us on Comes the Time. This is going to be a, we've been waiting. We said Duncan's got to be on the podcast. And here he is. If you put it out there, he will show up. Of course. Absolutely. How could I say no to y'all? Seriously. No one says no to you. I'm sure you could get anyone on here you wanted to. <laughs> you could get well, Q on here. We're trying to get dead people. <laughs> well, why are you having a problem doing that? It seems like that'd be easy. <laughs> it's just their audio. They're on a different frequency. We're trying to reach their frequency. Oh, you mean literal dead people? I thought you meant like grateful dead people. No, like, Jesus deceased. fucking Christ. They're everywhere. <laughs> you have a problem finding them? They're everywhere. Oh, dead people. I mean, yeah, we could you could figure You know what? That's something uh that's really freaky that somebody uh, tweeted at me that uh, I believe it's Microsoft has patented a way to sort of generate an algorithm from a person's like online personality and uh, sort of create an AI version of them that will theoretically be just like them. Meaning that if you have, if someone does pass, then you could sort of grab all of their socials and bring them back to life. <sighs> That's disturbing on so many levels. <laughs> First, that they have that much information. Yeah. yeah. Second and third and fourth, whatever. Wow. I know. And it, like, you know, the Book of Revelations, 2012 Book of Revelations, it's the one that all the zombie movies use, which is that the dead will return. And it's like kind of close to what's about to happen. <laughs> And it, it is disturbing. I don't want to be in so I don't want someone to have me in a little like aquarium in their computer or something, you yeah. know, then that's what's going to happen. And then also the 23 and me, everyone's give we just give our freaking DNA because we want to see how like Irish or whatever the fuck we are, you know, and that's what they have our DNA and they can like animate us. That means theoretically they could clone us. Yeah, all to find out if we actually have a lactose intolerance. <laughs> it's like, listen, if you shit after cheese, you have it. Like, just that's all you have to know. <laughs> There's going to be like, um, they're going to be clones of us mining some shitty asteroid being like, yeah, the person that they cloned me from thought they were lactose intolerant, but they weren't sure. And so now right, I'm yeah. eternally on a meteor mine. <laughs> if they're not already good point <laughs> yeah for real duncan this is uh you know i think let's see march 14th or 15th of 2020 i uh <clears throat> my last stand-up uh set was like the 13th or 14th i packed mm. up uh went to hang with my wife because she's a nurse living in another state and I went to, I tried to sleep and I couldn't sleep. And I said, what do I do instead of Xanax? And I listened to mm. uh, Raghu's podcast, Ramdas Here and Now. Yeah. And I swear, dude, it was like someone rocking me to sleep at night, uh, just listening to Ramdas yeah. from, from generations past, from his old talks. And it just lulled me back. And, it, and it, I, I religiously would listen to it every single night when I went to sleep for, I mean, into July. Wow. And it was just a life changer. I knew who he was, and I was a, obviously a huge, huge lover of him. But, man, 
when I needed him, he was waiting for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. That's it. That's that. I, you know, I did the same thing when I was really like, like horrifically depressed years and years ago. I started like, I would have my laptop. I was like, had a mattress on the floor. I was in this like a, a literal roach motel, like, like as in the place was infested with roaches <laughs> and I would lay there and like roaches would crawl on me. And, but I was like listening to, listening to Ramdas, you know, and, and at night it was, we, and it like the, yeah, the, the, the way he just cuts through like right into where you're at and sort of reminds you that that's just the perfect place to get going. You know, it's, 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 like there's a resurrective quality in what he does. Yeah, I got into our good Ram Dots period right after this whole thing happened. I guess it was the lectures that became Be Here Now. It was on an audio book. And uh, so I listened to that whole thing. And uh, I was like, oh, my mom had that book when I was growing up. You know, I remember seeing it because the cover was so interesting. And uh, I was like, wow, this is so cool. My mom was into this, you know, and because uh, she has that whole like Black Panther side. But then she has the, yeah. the total like hippie Ram Dass. I was like, wow, this is wow. cool. And it really uh, helped me again today because I've been feeling really conflicted, um, obviously, since the whole attack on the Capitol and all that. Yeah. It's like, how do you merge those things together this real it's not like even inside my head it's like yeah it's a real threat you know and how do you you know maintain hope faith whatever any kind of peace just making anxiety go away so i was i was listening to your last podcast with uh with ragu right before this and i was like oh man there's so many things i've wrote down oh. that just were it was really really great what you guys yeah. are doing it's kind of what me and mike wanted to do when we first met we kind of hit it off super quick i came on his podcast and for some reason he revealed to me this like mystical experience that he had that really saved him when he was down. Mm. And so I told him about mine was just like legit, legit outer limits, Star yeah. Trek, you know, what twilight zone, whatever wow. kind of, um, kind of like what happened to Ram Dass when he met. Uh, Baba. Yeah. When something, you know, this happened to me with my mentor, Colonel Bruce, he did something that was impossible for him to know. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> now, I grew up believing more mystical stuff, but yeah. against religion. But the, you have something like that happen to you. Or if you have something happen for you, like what Mike had and what I had later, much, much later on, just these uh, intense moments of grace, like mm. from, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that whole thing, when I was listening to your last podcast with Raghu, I was like, oh, man, I always knew you got it. But it was just like how you were speaking to this time right now since mm. the Capitol. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, God. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast to like my pleasure. Help extend this to our fans that most of them probably follow you already. But. You know, one thing you guys talked about that, that I wanted to talk about, too, is this idea of karma, like American karma. Yeah. Like, is this another 
Because I think some people think we've gotten away with this without having any karma, really, for a long time. But we did with the Civil War. Yeah. You know, that was a big, we lost more people in the Civil War than all of our other wars put together yeah. to this day. So I'm wondering if this is another, like, you know. Yeah. Another karmic thing where it's like, ah, oh, we just got to go through it. Well, I mean, I like the idea of as above so below because so, if i start trying to wrestle with what all of us what everyone's rainbow wheel is spinning right now you know trying to sort of like come up with a way to not have a civil war and 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 a feeling of oh my god like it's i, I don't think it's close but it's certainly closer than i imagined it was like i knew we were divided but i i never thought that so like you know like something like that could have happened uh and so yeah when you see a thing like that that's the collective shadow right that's the that's the collective shadow that's what carl jung always said was it, i i guess like the combination of everyone's karma gets projected onto the screen of history and that's what we see in our leaders and everything that's happening and so but then if i spend too much time thinking about that i go crazy so then I just try to think about my own, the you know, my, my own, I think it's called uh, flowering karma. Like, you know, like they break karma down into like the seed of something that hasn't grown into your life yet and the stuff growing into your life right now. And even things from past incarnations, which is really terrifying to imagine that you're still paying yeah. debts from like lifetimes ago yeah but yeah so yeah i try to just sort of that's why i love like within the i think that is what's so beautiful about ram das's one core teaching of his which is we work on ourselves that's the number one best thing you can do period if the collective karma is the is of our government or wars or or whatever the big historic stuff is is collective karma it would make sense that we would think, okay, then we're going to attack the government. But that's like, you know, eating your own tail. That's not going to do anything. But collectively, if we all start working on ourselves, so that in our own lives, uh, you know, like one of the things Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche, who's my teacher's teacher, said was, what is this thing where people come home and they're a completely different person than when they're out in the world? Like they present themselves to the world as some sweet, jolly thing. But then they get home and they're all hammered and yelling at their kids and like, <laughs> what is that? Who is that? And and the maybe if that if that and we're all that. I mean, I mean, like nobody's perfect. So that's the thing. We all start working on that. Then maybe the that if enough of us are doing that, then we could expect there to be a reflection of that work appearing in history. And and so that to me gives me some real practical things to do but then like ragu said in that podcast ramdas was also he was very he was an activist he was he was yeah. going out in the streets he was protesting he was not just fooling himself into thinking cleaning up his own act was enough there was this a, a social aspect of it too well, you know when uh you guys were talking about uh the, i think my favorite thing that came out of that whole conversation was how do you or maybe this is a YouTube you sent me, Mike, um, which was you with Ram Das and Raghu. It said you said, "How do you love that person inside you that 
says you're not worth loving, that you don't deserve it, that you're a fake, you're a phony, you're a whatever, you know? And I thought that's really getting to it. Like when you talk about working on yourself, that was the huge turning point for me. Like, how do you love yourself? Like I didn't understand that. Yeah. And it took my path, like getting to it the way I got to it. And Mike's getting to it the way he got to it. And we're still getting to it really. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not there yet. Right. Or else why am I still biting my nails or whatever? I'm still doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like compared to, you know, when you get, when papers rolled up and you push the paper down and then it rolls itself back up, you know, like when you have like, it's compared to that. So yeah. it's not a, you don't just finish it usually. And, but there is, this is, uh, um, and it's in this, in the type of Buddhism I'm studying, you know, there, it, it, they really want you to get enlightened. And, and even though that's a controversial thing to talk about and in, in some spiritual communities, it's sort of, don't worry about that bullshit. They want you to get enlightened because, uh, they, they, within, within the, the, their, the framework of that particular, uh, philosophy or religion is the possibility that in your lifetime, you can get actually enlightened, like Neem Crowley Baba, like all the great saints, like it can happen in, in a single lifetime, even though from that very same perspective, we've incarnated so many times that you have been my mom. I have been your mom. We've all been each other's mothers and child and every bird and every creature has been your mom. That's how long we've been trapped in samsara. But to get a human birth is like, it's, it's like winning the lottery 17 times in a row. There's more, in this cosmology, there's more gods than there are humans. There's more deities than humans. That's how rare the human birth is. So if you, if you find yourself in a human birth, the the uh, recommendations oh get enlightened and and that means uh, a, a, like a complete transformation in the way you see yourself which is why these Tibetan teachers when they hear in the West there's this affliction we have which is we fucking don't we don't like ourselves and these Tibetan people who like the the Tulkus who've been raised up in, the, in who've been born into a system where the the I, the idea of what the self is is much bigger than the idea of what the self is in in the West. When they hear someone saying I I just don't like myself, they get confused because it's like someone saying I don't like the universe or I don't like everything because that's what they, that's how they see the self whereas ourselves are all compressed and i you know what i mean like we all think yeah. we're a you're a you i'm a me i've got my enemies yeah. i've got my friends and but but from this perspective it's like oh no none of that all that's based on this fundamental confusion regarding uh the identity like we think we're an yeah. I, a one thing or an i or something which in relative we clearly are in relative reality but you know, it's it's interesting to imagine that it, that isn't that actually isn't quite the case. But all my favorite theologians, that would be something that they would agree on, even just Jewish and Christian ones. Like they would say, how could I do anything but marvel at myself? <laughs> yeah. You know, not in an egotistical way, yeah. but marvel at the self, like yeah. any self is like a marvel and a wonder. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, uh, 
and of course it's gotten debased so many ways, you know? Yeah. And like to what you're saying too, Duncan, it's like, you know, we were talking early on O'Teal and I about how, like I mentioned, we're so concerned about peeling back layer after layer of the onion to find out more and more. And I'm like, we need to start just putting layers back on and realize we're just a fucking onion. Like that's it. Like, you know, like instead of always self criticizing and self analyzing, just realize like I'm an imperfect being and I have to be okay with that. And then I can go like kind of navigate through. I like to think of it as like, you know, I've been thinking about it more and more spending so much time alone in the past year, Mm. which is terrifying. Because yeah. I've been doing everything possible. Why do I pick a career like stand-up where it's you're always chasing the tail? Yeah. You're never happy. You're yeah. purposefully tripolar, basically. <laughs> tripolar. And, it's, it, and, you know, like now I have time to like stop and like look and tra- trace my steps back and let those guards that are on watch from 20-something years ago be like, hey – you're off. You can clock off now. Yeah. We're okay. Like go back 35 years ago, that guard wear it with his shield and go, Hey, it's good. We're settled. Like you can, yeah. you can go home to your family now guard, you know, and, and, and just start to like, you know, unravel and fix the kinks in the hose. So the water can kind of flow again smoothly. And it's it, th- that part of this process of uh, kind of just self an- analysis, but more self acceptance is making me realize that the love has always been there. Yeah. I just haven't been looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good God. No, I don't want to be like Ramdas. When I met him, he like pointed to his head and said, we've got to get you from here to here and we can do that. And I, it was when you meet a master like that, it's like the instruction, everything they say means it's the rest of your life. You'll be thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, and totally. Uh, and, uh, because when they say it, like, why did they yeah, order that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and because they don't just say it's like it's like more than words. Like it's like something else is happening that you can't understand. So you're crying, but you don't know why. And it's like, uh, but yeah, that. So the, um, like the, I you know I practice Buddhism. So there's steps, you know, the, and 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 there's a process. And the first process is kind of sort of uh, in Tibetan Buddhism, medit- the way, the word for meditation is gom, which means self knowing. So it's a practice of sort of getting a kind of uh, focus and stability in your attention. Um, and there there's various ways of doing it but but it's it's like they they call it the mind stream so it's beginning to understand the mind stream and 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 mostly in that understanding you start realizing oh like the thoughts they don't stop it's it's and 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 so they say the mind creates thoughts in the way that the tongue salivates it it is actually like you you will never you apparently you can stop it but in general it's better to just become aware number one that your thoughts are always changing. Number two, that they don't have any coherence. Like there's an illusion that you're, you're like going from point A to point B to point C with your thinking process, but it's, it's more of like a shotgun scatter yeah. of like random thoughts, of, a few of which grab your attention. And that grabbing of your attention, that, that's where you start defining yourself by these like few main thoughts that keep emerging. And sadly, for most of us, those thoughts are, you really think you'd observe any of this, anything you're getting? You know what I mean? But there's yeah. a lot of other thoughts going on, too. That's just the one that's the, the most, like the, the, the thought of like, God, I think I want some more water. God damn that. 
that egg biscuit I had, I think that was bad. I hope I don't get food poisoning or all those things. They kind of go by, but the one that's like, get the fuck out of here, you fraud. You fraud. Like, you, you imposter. Know what I mean? You're like, oh, how dare me call myself that? And then, you, you know, and then, and then that. So then, and so that gets, so basically, you know, they could track hurricanes now by, uh, like really early into the cycle, just by depressions in the uh, barometric pressure. I'm not a meteorologist. I'm trying to imagine. I know how they do it, but I know they can do it. <laughs> but similarly, you you know, if you it, from like a practice for the the of mindfulness, you really can start identifying these sort of little weather systems of thought that can lead to reactivity and, and like making bad choices and furthering your negative karma. And you can actually, uh, you can change them at that before they get big. And so that's, so that's the, the second part of the process, uh, leads to a thing called, uh, Bodhi, uh, Bodhicitta, Bodhicitta. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've been corrected both ways, so I don't know, but Basically, the second part, or, or what happens is you start having these fucking crazy moments where you're like, when it was happening for me a, a while ago, the first time it happened, I called the, my meditation teacher because I'd just been sitting under a tree meditating. And at the time, I just didn't like meditating anyway, but I was doing it because it's a, my, form of buddhism is called a practice tradition so you 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 you, you have to meditate or you're not really practicing it right. and uh but all of a sudden i just my heart broke like there was nothing mm. happening man but all of a sudden i felt the deepest like lonely painful unbearable all i thought was it's because my mom or i don't know and i and i called him up and i was like what the fuck was that and he's like that is where that's what your practice should radiate out from that is the thing. That is it. That's what we're all running away from. That's wow. it. And that's why nobody wants to go down there at first because you, the feeling itself is actually kind of ecstatic. It's, 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 it's yeah. nirvana, really. But the story you will tell yourself within a millisecond of feeling it is, ah, oh, God, I, I don't want to lose anybody. I, I've, I don't, I, my heart is broken. What's wrong with me? So that's the, that's where it gets really interesting. Is it's the cultivating of that specific thing that most people call heartbreak. Heartbreak is the story they tell themselves about it, but the thing itself, theoretically, if if you, if you're able to really like cultivate this, then all the other stuff takes care of itself. So. Right. You know, like That's everything where mine else. started. Is is that where it started? And how did you how did you get there? Well, but mine was <laughs> my addiction and my drove me there to the bottom. Mm. You know, and at the bottom, I had nowhere to look but up, and I reached out, and then it happened. But you know, um, yeah, it started with the heartbreak, and then, for, like you said, was ecstatic. But it's the thing that you don't want to face. And I just was like, I had nowhere else to go. I was on the bottom. There was no, I, maybe death. I'm not a suicidal guy. So mm. for me, I was on the bottom. I had run out for, I had run out of options. I felt. So then I was ready to face it. And then it was like, okay, now we can start. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, but I've been running before then the whole time for 30 some years, almost 40. Yeah, that's the that is the culture. I mean, I remember when I 
started realizing that even my frenetic attempts at making podcasts and art and music, it was another form of evasion that, that hmm. I was conf- like, I was thinking I was inspired when I was just terrified of I dealing with that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I was confusing inspiration, you know, with like a, just pure, uh, purely not wanting to, to deal with that, <clears throat> that feeling, which is so bizarre that that is the feeling. Uh, that is it. That's, I, that's just wonder, it. I always wonder how much of it is cultural and how much of it is just human nature, like across the board. Cause like on some levels I'm like, okay, a workaholic better that than cocaine. They'll probably live mm-hmm. longer, but then there's a tab to pay for that. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm like, is that, our particular Western culture, which I've always been fighting against my yeah. guilt about not embracing the hustle and all that stuff. Yeah. It's a constant theme for me. And I just have to be like, no. Um, but I wonder, man, is that just our culture though? Or is it just human nature just across the board? Cause we'll evade yeah. some kind of way. So we'll use everything, right? Work, yeah. food, whatever. Sex, Anything TV. Anything possibly can. Yeah. The, yeah. Looking at a calendar and seeing like, you know, a couple empty dates and you're like, I have to fill those dates. Yeah. I have to be working more. I'm not working enough. I've, I've, I've brought yeah. up on this on, on the podcast, Duncan, I've been watching this show alone on Hulu. And I don't know if you've seen it, but people go off and live on their own and they have to self-document. It's like Survivor, but like by themselves. And it's like oh, the cool. last person to tap out wins a half million dollars or whatever. But once they have their shelter built, once they have their gill net out to catch fish, once they have their fire or their, you know, they, they found their source of clean water and they're left with just them. Yeah. That's when the show really starts. And that's where they're staring into the lens of the camera and their tent going, I, 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 my brain wasn't ready. Physically I can make it, but my spirit and my brain are not ready to get to know themselves, you know? And it's like, you watch the breakdown and I'm like, Oh Jesus, this is what I've been doing since I was eight. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's wild to see. I'm like, I think I might be good on this show. Physically, I can't do it. But mentally, I think I'm I'm a pro. (laughs) Yeah. 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 When I first started meditating, I remember telling my teacher, I can't, when I do it, I can't do it for more than three minutes. It feels like I'm on fire, David. And he's like, that you got, you know, that's in you, right? Like, that's not the meditation <laughs> making you feel like you're on fire. Like, that's already there. Yeah. And, and, and that's called, um, uh, hot boredom. And, and so it's like the frantic kind of boredom. You get hot boredom. And then over time, you get to experience cool boredom, which is, you know, like just that, a, a very present, sort of awareness, which is, um, yeah, it's, you know, this is, this is the, this is what's wonderful about being human is, is that I think it's like we get to reincarnate in a lifetime. So I think that's so amazing when, you know, when you look back at the different phases in your own life, you know, pre-realization when you were hitting rock bottom, whoever that was before that, that might as well have been a, a different life. That was might as well have been a different incarnation. And, you know, from that, you could probably understand reincarnation a little bit from looking at your own various phases. But, you know, the, that, that sort of, when I look at my dogs, 
You know, I see that same energy that I display when I'm doing workaholic stuff. They, you know, kind of frantic, like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You're looking for food, like, you know, digging under stuff, looking around, like just a constant sort of pacing. So that means that's an animal thing, right? That, so, uh, yeah, so we can in a human life stop being animals. And that's nuts. That is really nuts. The possibility is really crazy. Um, it's a really crazy thing that it's like, you know, I'm trying to think of the, there's some, there's a saying, uh, confusion is on the continuum of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. That's something Chogim Trump remembers. I didn't understand that. Y'all understand. Mm-hmm. I, when I heard that the first time, I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? But, mm-hmm. but it, but it means like, well, there's the part of you that's aware of your yes. workaholism. What is that part? That's the part that's holding all the other stuff inside of it. You know, the yeah. awareness field, all that stuff is happening within the awareness field, but we're identifying ourselves with the stuff happening within the awareness field and not the awareness field. Not the whole thing. Right. Yeah, right. right. That's the trick. It's like one of those stupid optical illusions. Magic that we're, puzzles. Yeah, yes, totally. <laughs> that's what it is. It's like that. We're trapped in some kind of magic eye puzzle. Like you know, all of it. The, um, <laughs> Require it's not the total thing, but it requires a lot of acceptance. Because I have this thing, like you know, I believe in God or whatever the force or whatever you want to call it, and I think that that thing is love, right? But at the same time, I know that true love, for it to be true, has to be able to be rejected. So it's just the yin yang thing, like. It, what do you we mean have to accept to be confusion because we have to accept hate and hell oh, yeah. on earth and hell in our minds yeah, and part all is. these things to understand what real love is. Like you don't get, you know, hmm. so it it's requires a lot of acceptance, even though that's not the whole ball of wax, you yeah. know, for you to get, you got to do some work too. I'm interested. How did you settle on your particular practice? Cause, uh, I know, uh, Ram Das, he was, I guess everybody had their different, you know, yeah. veins that they approached, you know, I, so I was at this, I was do interviewing. I, they were letting me interview like Ram Das and all, and like, like these really like, real spiritual leaders who all had their own community. I think Ramdas thought it was funny because at the time I was like cynical and they thought it, I, like I was like asking, I was talking to them in, in ways that see that he thought it was funny that, which is one of the reasons I love them is you could, it's really hard to blaspheme or it's hard to offend them, you know? And, but so I was getting to interview all these people and, uh, I think I asked them because they, you know, many of them are into bhakti yoga and they're in a Hanuman. Um, a uh, monkey. Is, yeah. De- yes. The deity Hanuman. And uh, I think I asked one of them if, well, is Hanuman impermanent? Like, is that being going to be around forever? And I don't remember what they said, but my teacher was in the audience and he was laughing because he's a f- Buddhist. And that's, and then, uh, but then he went up to Raghu at some point and said, Duncan, he seems nice, but he doesn't have a practice. Like, what is, what's his thing? What does he just talk? He seems nice. <laughs> yeah, it was really like, but that's, that's, uh, 
Also in the type of Buddhism, I'm saying it's called wrathfulness, but it's very, it's full of love, but it hurt. I rock. It was like, told me he said that. And I was like, fuck that guy. What the fuck? And he, I'm like, but he's totally right. I have no practice. I just like, yap. And so then I started, uh, ta- you know, I, I started, I, I told him, well, why don't you, why don't you teach me how to meditate? And so there was a formality to it. And then. I was sitting with him in, in our first session together, I guess you would call it. And he said, I'm going to tell you what my teacher told me. And he meant it. This is hopeless. And I laughed so hard. And I'm like, this is definitely my fucking meditation teacher. This is awesome. You start. That's where you're going to start with it's hopeless. <laughs> it was so funny and cool and perfect. Uh, just and, to let uh, you know, this isn't going to work. Now go ahead and close your eyes. Yeah. This is hopeless. Ah, it's that's g- amazing. Yeah, it's a great place to start. It, it's a great place to start. Uh, but yeah, so that's how I. It, so then, you know, I, I, uh, I don't. I just got lucky, and um, it's not really. You know, it's a very. <clears throat> I guess it's very pragmatic. You know, like I, I know, he. You know, the displays that you're talking about of like weird shit. Like once, once I was like annoyed with him. I don't remember what I was annoyed about, but I was annoyed. And I thought to myself, because like I, I think he, he practices martial arts or something, but I was just like, I bet he'd punch you in the face. And I got a text from him not long after thinking that. And in, in the text said, the real punch in the face is you meditating every day. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. It's hopeless. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and it was like one of those moments where you're, you, you're looking at your phone and you're realizing, like, I didn't, I certainly wouldn't have called him and been like, would you punch me in, in the face? And yet somehow See? That, that happened. And then yeah. you're just like, well, definitely I don't know everything. Like, that, you know, that you don't know, we don't know. And that's the undeniable shit that makes you realize that we, don't know anything. And that's the beautiful part about it. You know, you put something out there. My brother sent me a text going like, uh, give me a recommendation for like a good podcast on psychedelics. And I had just not had the chance to write him back. It was towards the end of the night. And I wake up with a text from O'Teal with a podcast. And the title of it was like psychedelics without the drug without the the drugs or something is that what it was called OTL I think the psychedelic and, uh, experience without the psychedelics yeah without the psychedelics and I I'm like well there's the podcast that I need to and I listened <laughs> to it and I it was like a benchmark moment wow. for it it was like a puzzle piece I needed to figure out the rest of the pieces yeah and uh, I'm like well. Robbie, you're going to love this. And I sent it to him and I was like, oh, this is from O'Teal without you even asking him. You asked me, he must've heard. I didn't mention it to him. Actually, it, it came from my wife. So he asked you and the universe use my wife <laughs> through me back, and to, back to him. Without, and I didn't ask for it, but I listened to it. And it was such a great, like to talk about the psychedelic experience without eating a microdose or taking a yeah. giant hit of acid or hitting a DMT pen. Like that's the part that this year, this, this lockdown or pandemic or whatever, that's the beautiful part of it. Yeah. These like the cream is the psychedelic cream is rising to the top and you don't have yeah. to be sitting here dosing to find it. No. You know what? That's the part that the conversations with people from all parts of life that are on to the same frequency is really powerful. So like that yeah. shit happens and that's the stuff you got to pay attention to. 
That's right. It's called Rigpa. And, and, and uh, not Rigpa, it's called, oh, damn it. He, tendril. Tendril. Tendril is the name for the synchronicity that happens related to the, that kind of conversation or practice. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's interesting how addictive it is. It, you know, that's the other weird thing is if you start getting the synchronicities and you start thinking if they're not coming, you're doing something wrong. You're out of flow or something <laughs> like that. You know, like they're, they're Mine weirdly, always keep coming. They, they never, do? That's a good, that's, that's, stop. well, it can be unnerving. That's called, that's a, that I've, I've met people who've gotten like in a synchronicity uh, echo chamber where. Uh, well, that's, yeah, like, yeah, that may not be good. <laughs> yeah. Too many, too, like they, they're, they don't, they're not, they're not prepared for, for it or, or something like that. And I think that is kind of the, the, um, that's sort of the, the graceful quality of a lot of these teachers is that they like Ramdas is that they probably could do things that would freak you the fuck out, yeah. but they know they, they're good at like, see, like seeing maybe that's not what you need right now. Like if you're going to get lost and wanting to do magic or having powers and that really is like, like, uh, a sand trap ultimately that a lot of people get stuck in it. Who can, who can blame them? It's really cool, but it's, yeah. it's a bit of a sand trap. It's a bit of a sticky place. Um, you know, sticky is in like, you can get stuck there for a long, long time, many mm. lifetimes. Yeah. It's um, not the thing. It's like a signpost. Um, people can get, yeah, I don't, I want to know where uh, it's like that movie Soul. Did you see that movie Soul? Yeah, the best. So good. They talk God. about the zone. You know, like my zone is playing music. Yeah. Um, the Colonel, my my mentor, Colonel Bruce Hampton, who did some what he guessed my birthday within three minutes of my birthday, wow. and he didn't know my last name. Wow. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Impossible. He looks like an old homeless guy. You know what I mean? And he's done all the people that know him. They've uh, he's done crazy psychic stuff, but that was not the thing. Like you know, you can get caught up in, or ask him, hey Bruce, you know, do it to him or whatever but that's not the thing it's like the it's not a parlor trick yeah well it can be you can reduce it to that you know right. yeah but yeah. it's like it's it's pointing to like well what does that mean yeah. <laughs> what does it mean that he goes oh no the real punch in the face is you meditating every yeah. what does that mean yeah not that he got you that's to go what does this mean yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's, yep. Yeah, he always says to me, like, Doug, it. well, now I am meditating regularly, but he, in the early days of me not doing that, he would say, Duncan, are you, am I your meditation teacher? And I would say, yeah. And he would say, are you meditating regularly? And I'd say, no. <laughs> no. And he would say, well, what kind of teacher does that make me? <laughs> A hopeless one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord we're so yeah. good at just like getting off track uh it's so funny man it's like with the synchronicities this is the exact same thing yeah, yeah it's great that they happen to me they're like my little friends i was like hey dude you know yeah. but some people if you get lost in it it's like you're not getting it it's like what does that mean yeah what does that mean this timing that is so the odds are so against it what does that mean and it, it should be reassuring. Right. 
I do. Th- I do find it as a sign that you're you're pro- like there's something to pay attention to. At the very least, it's that look at the, look at this, yeah. whatever it may be. And uh, I think the dead talk to us. To, not to get back to talking about the, but I do think they talk to us through synchronicities. Like that's one of the mm-hmm. communication mechanisms from people that have passed. Is they the, their new like vocabulary is, uh, you know, my friend he. Uh, his dad passed and he bought his dad's house where he grew up in and the deal closed on his dad's birthday. Whoa. You know, it's like, that's like, that's that's a communication from his father. That's a, a, but the, yeah, but that, you know, it's the same with psychedelics though. You know, when you, when I'm sure we've all gone through psychedelic phases and I certainly did with LSD. I, I love it so much. And I was frustrated by the, problem of having to like double up doses you know like that was what that i loved it so much i wanted to be high on acid every day and but then over time you start realizing like what is it you're looking for here like what is the what are you seeking here because all the magic stuff the breathing walls the impossible geometries the a variety of like the telepathy that might manifest in a Mm -hmm. in a great uh, psychedelic trip or all of those things they, they, you start realizing those are just like a light show, but there's something else here. And, and what is that thing? I think that's, that's the, that's the zone. In, that's uh, the zone. Yeah. So totally. that's the zone. Yes. That's what I kept, I was like, why would you get stuck in the hallway? If the, if the zone is this connector between this world and the next, why would you stay in the hallway? Yeah. Why wouldn't you pass through to the other side? Now you're not living in either side. You're not living on the physical plane Mm. or the spiritual plane. You're living in the light show. It's like, man, go one way or the other or both move freely between both, you know? And and it's amazing when meditations like dreams sometimes can like follow you back into consciousness and you can't shake it. And there's been a couple where like, you know, I think I was telling you a teal about one where I was just like this giant control board that I just could not like the, the lights were buzzing and, and sensors were going on and off. And I was trying to like figure out how to operate this thing. And then I came out of my meditation, but it's been in meditation and I've been going back and forth to it where it's like this kind of dark, dimly lit room where I just as far up as I look and as far left and right, it's just levers and knobs and switches and lights and I'm just trying to figure out like I should know how to operate this but I almost can't even like use my hands and and it's followed me through from meditations wow. to dreams and it's something that I've been like but at least the way I'm thinking about it is like at least I know where this control board is now and I think that with you know at, to me that's like the zone as well where it's like psychedelics and like the the the, the visions and the the fractals and all that that's the hold music well you know the mechanic rewires the the board you know what i mean like just enjoy the show while we fix the shit you know what i mean like to me that's so just let the let why the is the whole music me hovering over a cemetery <laughs> watching my parents bury me can i get different hold music Please. How great would that? This LSD comes with your choice of hold music. <laughs> Do you want to see your face for... melt into some combination skull and and and, and sea monster? Press no, one. I'll pass on that, please. Because for me, the the great LSD trips were always the ones where I'd taken enough that I experienced uh, 
that wonderful moment where you, you do become everything, where you are no longer encumbered by the identity. And you don't even know that you've been there until you've come back into the identity. And that's where the light show happens. Yeah. But, you know, this is the story of Ramdas giving LSD to Neem Karoli Baba. Are you all familiar with love, that story? Yes, I do. Love this. Coolest yeah. story. But the, the long and short of it is, is no reaction. And, the, and to me, I think that that is an indication of where he was hanging out, which was he was way past the light show. Yeah. And yeah. so, so, th- so it, it, it couldn't really do anything to him because he was always in that state or place. Or actually, I, I would say calling it a state or a place is, a, is confusing. It is the only place. It is the only place. I mean, that is where we're at. And, and the, the, everything else is what's called obscuring emotions. That's all it is. Clouds in the sky. Everything. Feelings, thinking, all of it is just transient sort of phenomena that is covering up the uh, reality of our um, fundamental goodness. Is what, uh, that's what we actually really are. It's fundam- we're just fundamentally good, but there's a lot of... S- we got circuit boards uh, you know what i mean we've flat got tires like, we got flat tires. tires we got you know love and memories man i'll like god now when i'm meditating i'll be i'll sit there and just zoom through my life like why am i remembering i i'm remembering like some uh, completely like a, walking into a starbucks and like the, the like early 2000s why is this memory here what the fuck is this you know what is that it's all in us it's the snow globe effect that's the that's yeah. what's happening here is we're all snow globes and we've been pretty shaken up <laughs> we are i know i feel like yeah. ourself is you know earlier mike when you said you know i, I i'm my perfect self and i had the thought what if we're actually perfect? What if our self is perfect? But like you said, it's just dented. We got dented and bruised and scarred yeah, and beat yeah. up along the way. But now if we can somehow, which I can only do by the grace of hmm. a, a, a miraculous or a miraculous way of looking at it, um, I can say, well, I'm not the dented can. I'm the perfect can that got yeah. dented. So inside the dented can is this other can that's perfect. Now, if yeah. I can just shed, like I'm holding on to all the dents. Yeah. And this, yeah. when I look at it this way, you know what I mean? That's kind of what I got from theology. I mean, that's why I was so excited to have you on Duncan, because you're one of the few people like on the cutting edge that I, Thank you. Like Ram Das is not afraid to talk about God. I feel like God is such a dirty word. And yeah. then when I got this revelation that God is love, I was like, oh, then now I understand it. I like to think my son would have taught me like he loves me, even though I'm all screwed up. So, if, you know, yeah. he thinks I'm perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that, the, that's the problem is you are. I mean, that is the problem. That's a problem if you want to be anything else. It's true. It's, you know, that's, yeah. the, that's the problem. If you yeah. want to hold on. Yeah. Because it's, it's me holding on. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's a natural reaction, though. I mean, it's like that is just a that, – that's why, uh, you know, the uh, there's suffering. Why do we suffer? We suffer because we're holding on to those, those dents. Yeah. And, 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 and we're um, – because, it, it, you know, it's uh, – 
it's it, it seems scary to not really be anything at all that's just, that's scary because our whole culture is about being a thing everything yes. you know we dress ourselves we put oil into our skin and we try to like keep our bodies a certain way and we try to ignore like the <laughs> seemingly like well, there's a teacher called Lama Suryadas he said the great miracle is that if you want a great miracle in the world is nobody seems to really realize they're gonna die like the, you know what I mean like what a miracle like we're all going around here acting like we're at any given moment you know what I mean not gonna yeah. lose everything everything at any given moment and that is uh scary yes. if you haven't if you but the, the reason it's scary is because you think you have something to lose that's why it's scary and so self-knowing is where you begin this this analysis starts happening and within the analysis you just it's like what ramdas said when he was on his most famous mushroom trip where he he just started like like the various forms of him the ramdas the intellectual disappeared ramdas the sophisticated who could fly a plane disappeared then he like looked down at his body and that was disappearing too and he he um uh famously said who's thought who's minding the store here and so yeah. <laughs> i love that so much i am man you so that so funny we we are in a real like kind of sad situation in that everything's reversed here so be beings are suffering because they're exerting themselves as a being it's mm. called ignorance and but but when really like it, it you're Yes, there is a being here, but that's as impermanent as impermanent can be, non-distinct from any other thing. You think there's a this and a that, but really it's all the same identical thing. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I wish I could report that at this very moment I have achieved samadhi or some shit and I'm not a thing, but sometimes little glimpses of it, little yeah, tiny glimpses of it. What a relief. That's the other, this, I'm listening to a great book called uh, Joyful Wisdom, Wisdom by Mingyur Kinsey Rinpoche. Best description of enlightenment I ever heard. He said, it's like using the bathroom. It's like peeing when you've had relief, to pee for yeah. a long time. Yeah. It's it, presence. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a relief. You don't yeah. have to wait to get home to go. <sighs> In fact, you can feel like that. That is a, you. That is you. Like, yeah. That is the you, what you actually are. Is that you know? Thinking about death can sort that out too, because you know now that I I had a kid late, I know you're about to Me have too. a kid. I have one, and another one's on the way. Oh, like okay. Any minute, oh, right? this is your first one. Literally any minute. Like, wow. yeah, That's, this is my second one. I yeah, but she's a you know she's a, like due date is like a few days from now and. You know, we just don't know. I'm like, bags are packed. I'm ready to go at any second now. So happy That's you, uh, how old is your first kid? Two. Oh, yeah. So it's still late. I had my first one at 50. And now it's Congrats. like, you know, when you talk about how death, thinking about death can really sort out stuff easily. Because now I think, I always think about that. Like, you know, uh, people ask me how you have so much fun on a gig. You know, I'm like on every gig. I'm like, if I'm not having fun, something's really defeating me like a bad headache or I'm inside my own yeah. head because I know this could be my last gig. 
you know, every person that died yeah. in my life, I thought, wow, I didn't know that that gig was going to be the last friggin' time I ever played with them in this life. Yeah. Right. Unless they come back and I play with them again. But, you know, it's like that with my son, you know, when he was born, it just like shifted everything. And now I don't have to worry. Like I think about, yeah, I could die at any moment. So I'm going to take whatever extra moments I can grab to love my wife and him and my daughter, Kavi harder and just steal time for them. Yeah. You know, like I just keep stealing. Now I'm getting greedy. The pandemic, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? But well, that keeps you know, me, it's like, always that thought, you know. <laughs> you are so simultaneously enlightened and hard on yourself. You. <laughs> it's a double edged butter knife, dude. Express the most beautiful thing, which is you've realized, like, and it, honestly, that is like Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche, who is my teacher's teacher, said. If you want to, like, make the world better, you know, look into the isms, communism, capitalism, whatever it may be. But if you really want things to be better, make them better in your family. You know, like, like that's the, mm. that, give your, give your, so I don't think that's stealing necessarily. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that from the experiences of like, like O'Teal, what you were saying, like, this could be your last gig. This could be your, you know, like with comedy being non-existent. And then I had these like a pocket of like, no, like COVID cases kind of down in the summer. I remember doing gigs and being like, I bombed. I suck at this. I can't use any of my old stuff. And I remember talking to you O'Teal on the way back from Providence, I think. And I was just like, I'm tomorrow I'm driving back and doing two more shows and I need to treat them like they are my last two shows. Wow. And I had the fun Duncan of being a yeah. comic in my first year of comedy wow. where I was just like honored to be up on stage. I wasn't beating yeah. the shit out of myself every half second, you know what yeah. I mean? And it just felt like, okay, like I got 20 minutes left. Like this, the last 20 minutes. It's like what, like when a quarterback's going to retire after his like, you know, last losing season, <laughs> it's yeah. just like, enjoy the last ride and it felt great and it made me enjoy the shows that I, I was able to do afterwards and yeah. it's it's it, it is an incredible like it's a gift to know what how how valuable nothing is you know what i mean like nothingness i had a conversation about like what does happiness feel like and i said you know like when you were a kid and you were in a in ground pool and you're walking from the shallow to the deep <laughs> And you're at that step right where if you take one step forward, you can't touch bottom anymore. Yeah. But if you take a step back, you're in the shallow and you kind of just hover there and you let go of the side of the pool. And yeah. for that millisecond, you're kind of like, am I drowning? Am I swimming? Am I safe? Am I not? And then you realize like, I'm just here. Like I'm just floating. And yeah. that moment is like, to me, that's transcendence. That's psychedelia. Yeah. That's happiness. And, and yeah. To have that, to take that, to taste that, and know that it's there—that's the fun of life now. You know, Fuck, I was yeah. there for that first moment that Nigel could tread water, and we live in Florida. And, you know, so many people have pools down here. Yeah, I'm in the pool and he's hugging the wall. You know, and I'm like right there in case he just goes under. And I even thought, I was like, I wonder if he's going to start doing it right now. And he just started treading water. And boy, you talk about the happiness, like yeah. what you experience. It's just, he just lit up and man, he went back and forth across that pool when he realized yeah. like, oh, it was, 
it was one of the high points of my whole life, man. For yeah. real, just being there for that second. I was like, wow. It's great to be a dad. It's uh, so cool, man. It's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, that tread and water thing, that's it. That I mean, I think like what's you know, you get to be an adult though. You get to be an adult and you you start thinking you've probably mostly experienced what you're gonna experience. You know, you you there's a kind of sad familiarity with reality that is it naturally can occur if you're not careful a kind of, you know it's like when the when you have gravy it crusts over yeah. or something you know so now you think you know everything you think you've smelled everything you think you've tasted everything certainly you you, you can't imagine that much else could possibly surprise you this is ignorance you know and then that treading water thing that example it's so great because that that is that that is the possibility as a human is suddenly it's like you're treading water, but in in time and space. Yeah, you're treading. You know what I mean. You're 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 uh, you're already dead. I mean, that's the other thing. Like we're sitting here <laughs> acting. You know what I mean. We're we're yeah. sitting here talking as though we're we're not already dead. I mean, that's the that's the the real interesting aspect of it is is like you you really like well you have no past. You know what I mean. Like you can't go back a second before this. Yeah, and there is no future. Your mind's invented like a, a, a past via some you know, picking out specific memories. So it's like we are kind of like centipedes with one segment pretending we have this long segment going back into the past when that shit is gone. That's just gone. And also, the other thing is most of us are living in forgotten memories. You don't remember much. Oh, and the stuff yeah. you do remember is all, all of your, if you're me, it's a lifetime of various drugs it's definitely not in hd let's just put it that way (laughs) remember those hurts though don't we yeah you know somehow we hold on to those bad boys earlier we were talking about it it's like that's the that's the real key is like you know duncan you were talking about like you know, you leave that person behind, you leave that, that reality behind. And we have a chance to kind of re like we're reincarnated all within this life. But the key to reincarnation is to kind of like, it's a new life. I got to leave that other one behind, you know? And the hard part is kind of always that like, Hey, remember when you fucked up, you know, (laughs) like that guy, the critic, when you're finally going forward and it's like you wait a minute, wait a minute. You forgot this baggage. Yeah, <laughs> like, carry this with you. Yeah, Still lugging it around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You, you. Uh, well, yeah. This is the, this is the pra- I mean, this is the practice. Is is a. Uh, for I just love the, the even if it's just a thought experiment. I just love the idea, of the rarity of a human birth, and then, you know, adding to that the intention of as cheesy as it sounds, these cynical days of helping, of helping other people. That's the idea is you're, you're going to try to get enlightened now, but you're not going to even do it for yourself. The reason you're going to get enlightened is because like a lot of people don't even ever not to pat ourselves on the back, but a lot of people don't even have these conversations. Right. Um, They're people deeply, deeply, deeply trapped in their identity. Um, and so everyone's like fucking Trump. 
I'm certainly one of them. It's hard not to be yeah. like that when you see a mini tyrant. You know, you're like, you motherfucker, what? But the idea is like, those are the people who deserve all of the compassion yeah. because they are fucking so in their own identity and so stuck. Yeah. And then the other part of it, that's re- here's a real mind trip part of it. This is the part that just, I, I, and I've been trying to work with it, but it's really difficult. Your worst enemy, the person who hurt you the most, from this perspective, is considered your greatest teacher. Yep. So when you meditate or think of on them, you imagine all the merit from your entire life, all the good you've achieved flowing into them, and all of their sorrow flowing into you. So you are giving them everything you have and the reason behind that is because if they really have hurt you because they're violent or deluded, it is terrible karma. And the idea is like, no matter what they have done to you, would you want to see them being dipped into molten copper um. by demons for a hundred lifetimes? <laughs> has it been that has yeah. it been that? Was it that bad? And most most people would be like, well, maybe like one lifetime, but not a <laughs> hundred, you know? So so from this perspective, the idea is like, oh, fuck, they don't want, I don't want that for anybody. And I certainly don't want that for someone who at one point was my mother, who would have given me anything, but now is incarnated accidentally as my enemy here. I wouldn't want that for my mother or my son, and I certainly wouldn't want it for them. So then you start doing this practice of taking the – anytime anyone gives you the jab and that ego gets all inflamed, you have to bow to them like, thank you. You showed me where I'm stuck. Thank you. You reminded me where I'm stuck, and also I don't want your teaching to hurt you. So I'm taking all the bad karma back from you into me and giving you everything I have. Try it. It's a mind fuck, man. It trips me out trying to do it. I, it's really hard. But the person that is hurting you like that is in that molten hell right now. Well, yeah. That's why it's easier for me because I've been in the molten hell. You know, yeah. I don't think I hurt people as bad as what some other people did, but I did. And I know what a hell it was. And I know, you know. I know that yeah. people, when they do that, they're already in that. They're already in hell. Yeah. You know? through, it, it, through hypnotherapy, I had a, a session where you picture someone who hurt you, you know, and you see them hurting you and it, visualize how that makes you feel. Like, what type of person does it make you feel? And it made me feel like a scared child, kind of like huddled up, you know? And yeah. it's like, well, what anger causes that? How are they currently feeling? Like, how do you see them acting and feeling? And you're like, I feel they feel angry. And they feel scared. And it's like, now picture them and what's motivating that action from them. And you, the wall breaks down and you just see that scared, huddled up, shivering child that they really are. Yeah. And now you're pitying the person who hurt you the most. And you're like, I'm not, you know, we're, we're not alone in how we feel, you know, like your, your enemy and you are feeling very similar in some of those points. And it's, it's a, it's a powerful visualization when yeah. you're like, we're both just scared children 
wearing it's big annoying. skin suits, you know? It's super annoying. Because yeah. you want to hurt. You know what I mean? That's the problem. It fucks up the whole game, you know? Like, all of a sudden, you don't get to do it. It ruins your that. that yeah. And you, that's why they say attachment. Because you realize, oh, my God, I was so attached to my aggression. I was so attached. Like, I, I, I needed you to not be a child. I needed you to be, like... Darth Vader and under the Darth Vader mask was another Darth Vader that went on forever instead. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Not some vulnerable old man who had a like some kind of fucking breathing issue. <laughs> I'm sure you see a wet baby just fucking yelling yeah. at you. You're never gonna amount to nothing. Oh, Shut up, yeah. little wet baby. You oh, little man. wet baby. You've yeah. read the book of the Tao, I'm sure, Duncan, right? The the Tao Te Ching? Yeah. I have, you know, no, I've read it when I was younger. And uh, yeah, I remember little bits of it, but I certainly don't remember all of it. Are you into that? I've been, well, I've read it. I go back to it over the years. That's the first book my mentor ever gave me. But one of the things, what you mentioned you know, is this quote that I've often mentioned on the podcast is that uh, it says, um, what is a good man, but a bad man's teacher? And what is a bad man, but a good man's job? Wow. Yeah. And it's hard because we don't want, the, it's what you said, like all these, like we'll say our enemy is the the violent Trumpers. Yeah. Whatever section. So it's like, great. So that's, I'm supposed to they're my job to love them, hope to try to and teach them or help them understand yeah. that I'm not there. And like, I don't, I just want to go, go away. Like, yeah. I don't even care. Like you're free to exist and have your shitty opinions. I don't even want to censor you. Just don't mess with me. Yeah. And, but it's like, no, you're, you're on the hook. Yeah. Like you said, there's so uh, many people that don't even have these conversations, you know? Yeah. You're and it's hook. like, it is our job. And that's just, oh, God, what a drag. What a drag. What else are you going to do? But, like, you, But you have to think about the, like, like you need to look at the definition of teaching, right? Like, you don't have to go, like, hold their hand through it. You lead by example. Sometimes you lead by silence or thanking them, like Duncan said. Like, it's, there's certain ways yeah. that, like, every, everything could be a learning experience if people are open to learning. And that's the hard part. You know, you beat yourself, beat your head against the wall if people are, like, you're not going to change everyone's mind, but if you're able to like have a podcast where we talk about shit like this. Yeah. We're putting it out there for you to listen to and think and and you know that part you are teaching. It's well, you know it's not up yeah. to you to spoon feed it. Right, right. That you that's there needs it definitely needs to be uh consensual for sure. The other yeah. advice that I, in this great book I'm listening to is uh well, d definitely don't try this shit when, like, you know, don't act like you're a fucking fireman just because <laughs> you have this, uh, you want to put a fire out. Like, you're going to get burned up if you do that. Like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to, you don't know anything about putting out fires. Don't, you just get to something you learn and then, and then go do it, you know? Because you could, I mean, like, just a map, like, you could really get people killed. Like, maybe a real fireman didn't go into the place because they thought you were a real fireman because you tricked him and then both <laughs> two people die. So, so you, that, there is the idea of like, yeah, ultimately it's great. And the real fireman be, doesn't get overtime. 
Yeah, then you're costing him the real fireman his job. He didn't get fucking overtime. And then maybe, like, he gets a stomach ulcer, which progresses into some horrible disease. He, like, shits his guts out. And his yeah. kid walks in and sees that and then turns into a serial killer. Hundreds of people get murdered because you pretended to be a fucking fireman. See you asshole. You Don't do it. But, Selfish. That, but that, the idea – but so the simple math that, that the Dalai Lama says is – uh, if you know, or that's in Tibetan Buddhism, you hear it is if you if if you can't help, don't hurt. Yes, mm -hmm. simple as that. No, no. If you can't help, don't be. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like if you see some like raging fascist monster, yeah. what you, what are you gonna do? Like you you. The, but but there is a way to not like you know progress their shitty karma by and that usually that involves just don't interact with them. Don't give them firewood to burn their yeah. stupid. To immolate themselves. Yeah. You know? I feel like sometimes the universe definitely sends people my way, you know, and or, or even put them in my orbit so it won't just be once, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Nigel, I'm doing a podcast still, honey. <laughs> Can I tell you something? <laughs> in a minute, sweetheart. I'm sorry. So Duncan, cool. Duncan, we will you I mean You've got a lot going on. You've got your your baby could be popping, could be crowning at the moment. So we don't want to keep you too <laughs> Better much Better not be. I'm dead fucking meat if the baby is crowning. This will be my last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to like, you know, we, will you come back on? Will you Anytime. hang out again? Anytime. Hey, Excellent. if, if y'all have time, I'd love to reverse it and have y'all on my podcast. Just oh, absolutely. I mean, continue this conversation. It's really cool Let's that you it. let me be on your show, man. This is a uh, this made my day. It's great meeting you. Same I for feel. me, man. It's such a high point. I was so excited when I found out you were going to come on. I was like, oh boy, you know. And you both know this when your dreams come true better than what your dreams were. That's when you're kicking, man. That's yeah. When so, <laughs> wow. thank you, thank you, man. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Yeah. Good luck thank, and congratulations thank you. on the baby. Thanks, y'all. Hey, but seriously, let's. I don't know if you you have my. Someone has my email from over there, so let's set up. I mean, my schedule is. I'm about to go off radar for about a month when the baby <laughs> yeah. comes, but but uh, maybe we'll have time before that if you'll have time. If you're not too busy, let's figure 100%, it out. Hundred percent, man. We'll make time. Love to. That'd be incredible. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me on. Bless Thank you, you brother. Guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Yeah, peace. <laughs> Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 